If you're a cannabis business owner looking to expand into new markets and need guidance and support you can trust, consider Collateral Base, a group that has done it before in multiple merit-based and limited market states. Collateral Base was founded by an experienced cannabis attorney with highly educated consultants with master's degrees and years of experience in the cannabis industry. The Collateral Base team is confident they know cannabis licensing better than any of their peers. And I encourage you to see for yourself. It just takes one phone call. If you're ready to expand your cannabis business into new limited markets, contact Collateral Base today at 309-306-1095. That's 309-306-1095. Or visit collateralbase.com. Hey, music lovers. The Cannamom Show podcast, in collaboration with Lambkin Guitars, is giving away a custom-built, one-of-a-kind electric guitar built by Josh Lampkin. The solid one-piece hemp wood body includes a built-in glass bowl piece. Yeah, you heard me right. You can take a hit and then play a lick. Now's your chance to help the Cannamom Show crush cannabis stigma with your entry. Register for the Hemp Guitar Giveaway online at LampkinGuitars.com. That's L-A-M-K-I-N Guitars.com. The drawing will be part of a 420 celebration at the Goods Dispensary in Somerville, Massachusetts, where the guitar is on display for the month of April. But don't worry, you don't have to live in Mass or be present to win. Visit LampkinGuitars.com to scope out the Hemp Guitar giveaway details and entry form. You'll even find a video of what could be your guitar in action. L-A-M-K-I-N guitars.com. Welcome. You're listening to Casually Baked, the podcast. Home base for the can of curious. Thanks for tuning in. It's hot time. We had a hot time. Together. Together. Yes, it's a hot time. We had a hot time. Together. Hi, y'all. I'm Joe your host and cannabis lifestyle guide. Recently, the Inflation Reduction Act was signed into law on August 16, 2022. This law will raise $737 billion and authorize $369 billion in spending on energy and climate change, $300 billion in deficit reduction, three years of Affordable Care Act subsidies, prescription drug reform to lower prices, and tax reform. Now, you and I weren't born yesterday, so we know that quote-unquote raising $737 billion means it's coming out of our pockets and noses and every other available orifice the government can deem taxable. I do not use my platform as a political megaphone, but I certainly focus on health, wellness, and personal sovereignty. So, I called up today's guest to pull back the curtain on the healthcare components of the Inflation Reduction Act. I mean, seriously, if we're going to survive the American healthcare system, we must remain diligently aware of the policies being created in the name of public health. David Wilcox is the doctorate-prepared nursing professional you first met on Podcast 205 
where he shared decades of experience and the inside track on keeping ourselves safe inside our broken healthcare system. Dr. David believes proactive patient education enables those accessing the healthcare system to be better partners in their healthcare. He also shares free resources with us for finding the most affordable prescription prices and checking the track records of our doctors, surgeons, and hospitals. David explains the aftermath of the COVID fiasco on our healthcare workers and how care is currently evolving. But before we dive in, a word from our sponsor, MJ Relief, the muscle rub PhD formulated for what aches and pains you. And I'm thrilled to report that the super fresh MJ website is complete. Head over to mjskinrelief.com and check it out. Now, after you read or watch some of the rave reviews from happy customers, Use promo code FRESH15 to save 15% on your order through the month of September. That's MJSkin, R-E-L-I-E-F dot com, promo code FRESH15. And if you're listening on your phone, scroll down in the podcast app you're using to see the episode notes where you'll find links to this offer and more from other Casually Baked Partner brands. By the way, shopping podcast affiliates is a win-win because you saving money on the things you want supports the production of this show. And if you're picking up what I'm putting down, please rate and review Casually Baked the Podcast on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. That one small action helps other canna-curious folks find this highly responsible cannabis content. Now, if you've listened to this show for a while... You've already heard me say that all of the micro choices we make become the macro of our lives. To me, being in the driver's seat of your wellness routine and healthcare decisions is the only way to go. That said, my friend, I invite you to grab the steering wheel and buckle up. It's time to get casually baked. It's high time. We had a high time together, together. Dr. David Wilcox, it's so good to see you again on an episode of the podcast. Thanks for joining me. Good to see you too. It's been a while since we got together, Joe. Yes. And for those of you who are longtime listeners of the show, you'll remember David Wilcox from episode 205, where he was teaching us about surviving the American healthcare system. And so today we're back for round two of that because this recent Inflation Reduction Act is going to play a role in all of our healthcare and the stuff it can look like mumbo jumbo. And so we have David here to help us put in layman's terms what this means for you and I and um, the elderly people in our lives that um, are using things like Medicare. Yep. And it's actually great for the elderly people in your lives because it really does limit Medicare spending for part drugs. So before you would have to pay $7,050 as a cap for Part D drugs, um, which not a lot of seniors have, and then you would pay 5% over that, which doesn't sound like much unless you're getting into chemotherapy or very expensive um, autoimmune drugs that 
people have to pay out of pocket for. This will limit this in the year 2025 to only $2,000 for Part D drugs. Um, that's huge for the senior community. Of course, no. You're saying they have to wait three years for that. Um, but, okay, so my parents I know take medicines that are upwards of $1,000 a month. And it's like, no, you have to take this. So that's going to help bring the prices of those kinds of drugs back down. Yep. And they'll even allow you to spread the payments um, as monthly payments. So that was another thing that we saw in, in this act, um, that you could take that $2,000 and spread it out over the whole year. So you're not paying it all at once. Okay. And so, you know, let's go back a little bit because, um, you know, we have a history in this country of paying more for pharmaceutical drugs than anywhere else on the planet. So how did that start? Yeah, so it actually started with um, the drug companies saying that they needed money to do research and development on or R&D. Um, and so what a lot of people don't know is that you're already paying for the R&D out of your tax dollars. The, the pharmaceutical companies get quite a few grants, quite a few tax breaks. Um, you know, when you open a People magazine and you see those big ads for new drugs that are coming out or old drugs that are coming out, those are all tax deductible for the pharmaceutical company. While, you know, if you write a check for your local food bank, it's not anymore, right? Unless you hit $10,000 in charitable giving for the year. So they get these tax breaks, but they did it under the guise of R&D or research and development. But yet they're they have incredible profits, up to 25% a quarter that they give back to their shareholders. Um, and, you know, it's, it's evidenced by you can walk across the border in Canada and get your drugs for a lot less. And, of course, then they tell you that they're not quality drugs. You shouldn't do that. But they're still the same people making them. So it's, it's just crazy what we put up with in this country. But we do pay 10 times more for drugs in this country than you do anywhere else in the world. So a good example is an EpiPen set. Here it's going to cost you $680 for two EpiPens. If you're allergic, you've got to have an EpiPen, right? Because if you're allergic to shellfish or peanuts or something, you've got to have it. And so they know they've got you with that. But if you go over to Great Britain, it's going to cost you 67 pounds for a two uh, shot EpiPen. So, you know, it's, uh, it's crazy what we put up with here in America. Um, also, the statistics show that 40% of Americans, especially elderly Americans, don't get their prescriptions filled. They put off getting their health care because they're afraid of the expense. Um, we've seen some price transparency rules go into effect. January 1st of 2022, hospitals were supposed to make their procedures cost-friendly and give you all the costs that you were going to pay on their website. Only 16% have done it, and a couple of them just did it because they were fined $800,000. Um, so, you know, it's, it's crazy, but they want to just keep you from knowing what's going on in healthcare. Um, and so back to your original question, the pharmaceutical industry has been doing this for years. What Everybody thinks that they make their money off the brand new shiny medication, but they don't. They continue to jack up the prices of everyday medications every year, every January 1st, those prices go up more than inflation. So this bill is also going to cap some of that, which is, which is going to be phenomenal, especially for people with Medicare. 
Okay, so you're saying that overall, this Inflation Reduction Act is going to have a positive effect on um, our relationship with the healthcare system. Well, overall, um, it is pretty big word, right? So what I'm <laughs> okay, going to say good. is that people who are on <laughs> people who are on Medicare, yes, it's going to help them quite a bit. Um, People who aren't on Medicare yet, yourself included, who are who have insurance or maybe they're self-funded, um, you're going to pay because <laughs> because the pharmaceutical companies are not going to take a hit to their profit margin. They're just going to raise the prices in other in other places. For instance, in October of this year, that Part D, um, they'll get fined if they raise Part D any more than inflation. So so if you're getting drugs and Part D benefit there's going to be a cap on what they can do with that. Well, they're going to raise them in other places for sure. It doesn't cover people who have insurance or outside of, of Medicare. So, What is Part D? Tell me kind of what's in that, that silo. It's so the pharmaceutical. Yeah, it's, they don't make it easy, do they? Um, <laughs> it's the pharmaceutical benefits in Part D. That's Medicare pharmaceutical benefits. Okay, part D. So part A you that, get, which is hospital coverage. Yep, you get that automatically. Part um, B and D you have to pay a little bit more for. Okay, got it. So it's going to be of benefit to elderly people, but to the rest of the humans on this planet, we're going to be paying more money. Yeah, pretty much. Um, and that was evidenced by the fact that insulin is capped at $35 a month for for people in Medicare. There was also something in that bill that would have capped it for people with insurance, but the politicians stripped it out um, because, well, you know, special interests. I mean, this is really, when you think about it, this is a huge defeat for the pharmaceutical companies because they've been pretty much unregulated for years. Um, we were talking before the show about Medicare in general, and back when they put the Part D benefits into effect in 2003 under the Bush administration, there was a senator who threw this, you can't negotiate um, drug prices, even if you're the Department of Health and Human Secretaries, you can't negotiate it for Medicare to keep it you know, a free enterprise type system. And that has cost Americans over $11 billion a year. That gentleman retired and works for a big pharmaceutical company making $2 million a does. year. So, yeah, so you have, to, but, you have to. But you say that, you know, that it's going to be, you know, the pharmaceutical industry is going to take a hit. But just the breath before that, you said, well, they're going to make their money one way or the other. So you're, we're going to, you know, take the pressure off of the old folks and we're going to put it on every other human on the planet. So it still right. feels like we're getting screwed. We are, um, you know, <laughs> un just being clear. Unfortunately, yep, we check. are. <laughs> yeah, check, please. Yeah, um, yeah. we're definitely getting screwed on it. But uh, but for the people who are in Part D, um, you know, prior to this, you would spend seven thousand and fifty dollars as a cap in Part D, and then you would spend five percent over that um, for whatever drugs you get. And like you said, with your your parents spending a thousand dollars a month on drugs that adds up very quickly, even at 5%. So um, they're yeah. really going to make out by only having that $2,000 cap. Well, and the other way they're making up for it is the fact that they are providing free vaccines starting. Oh, wow. Yes. As early as 2023. And yeah, 
I'm sorry, they're getting paid by us, those taxpayers, <laughs> for those free vaccines. Right. Yeah. And free to the by the way, yeah, exactly. Who the hell is even yeah. going to get them at this point? Uh, I mean, okay, right. so and this is the other thing. So these benefits for seniors, it's going to take us until 2025 to get that together. But hey, 2023, we can go ahead and give you free vaccines. I find that interesting as well. Or even we can um, put that inflation rule into effect in this year, right? But it's interesting that you bring up a good point and something that I've thought about was they can only negotiate the price for 10 medications and I, in 2026. That's when it starts. Why are we giving the pharmaceutical companies three years to come up with a strategy to maybe do some damage to this, this act, right? Why aren't we doing this like next year? Um, and then they can only do, I think it's 15 drugs in 2027. And then you get up to 20 drugs in 2029 and every year thereafter. So it's not like they can go. So in they're gaining back their negotiating practices as they go. I mean, this is such a load of shit. Yes, it is. <laughs> but at least it's something. So, you know, prior to this, they couldn't negotiate at all. So I'll take Time 10 out, drugs. Though. If that's, yeah. I, yeah, but if that's all they're going to give us, I'm going to take it. <laughs> well, except the fact that there are, you know, this is what, $737 billion? What, is that how much this whole yes, Inflation Reduction yes. Act was? So I'm sorry, I, there's not anything about it that for me, I'm like, oh, thank you so much. This and Nothing about this seems rational, reasonable, or helpful. In fact, I well, was looking, you go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, they, they went after um, climate, you know. They're, they're going to actually do something about the climate. Because you saw this this summer, the world was basically on fire. Um, it's just been if it's you crazy. Go back, if you go back and you look at historical um, weather reports, say from the 80s. Let's say back in the 80s and it was a triple-digit day. You'd see that map and it would be like a sun with a, you know, a, a bandana on with sweat. And it's like, it's going to be a hot one today. But now our media has shifted to the point of, you know, every fish in the ocean is going to be boiling and we're all going to die soon. And it's literally the same temperature variables. So yeah. I tend to think that we're all just being scared into submission, yeah, it, that could be true. And you're right about some of the, the heat and stuff. I was over in London. Thank God I was there before that major heat wave. But it's tough for people over there because they don't have air conditioning. They don't, you know, they don't expect to get that kind of heat. Um, mm -hmm. But I have a, I have some friends over there who are like, this is brutal. Uh, somebody I was talking with on a laptop who was saying, I might get cut off because my laptop's really hot. I mean, so... Uh, yeah. They've never, they that happened to me when like I ever. lived in, yeah, when I lived in Italy, that happened a lot because I didn't have air conditioning and, you know, we had two really hot summers and my computer would just be like, peace out, I'm about to melt. Um, right. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, so, okay, I want to go through because, you know, when, something that is as complicated as a $737 billion act um, you would think that would be super complicated, but the Democrats have done us a favor and put it all in a nice handy one sheet so that in, <laughs> you know, just a few sentences, we know how wonderful this is. 
Um, So I want to make sure that I cover everything that um, it says it expands Medicare benefits, free vaccines in 2023, $35 per month insulin in 2023, and caps out-of-pocket drug costs to an estimated $4,000 or less in 2024 and settling at $2,000 in 2025. Did we cover everything on that um, on that piece of it? Well, we should talk about those um, the ACA reforms or subsidies that, that the federal government's giving. That's going to help a lot of people. I mean, they expanded that, and that was due to end this year in December, but now it's expanded to 2025. So that's good for people who don't have a lot of money who are covered under those exchanges. They won't see drastic increases in their insurance costs. This is bullet point number four on this one sheet. Lowers healthcare costs, saves the average enrollee $800 per year in the ACA marketplace, allows Medicare to negotiate 100 drugs over the next decade, and requires drug companies to rebate back price increases higher than inflation. And you'd mentioned yep. that, how the the price of drugs is raises faster than the rate of inflation. So how far back do they have to take that? Um, they have to take it from from where it is now. In other words, if you're paying, I don't know, a good example is the EpiPen. If you're paying $680 for a uh, two-pack of EpiPens, it can't get any higher. It can't go any higher than the rate of inflation. So whatever the infl- well, inflation we, rate yeah. is, yeah, it, but it's not going to lower anything. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just, it all just feels like smoke and mirrors to me. Uh, a lot of it is. Um I think that what what they really tried to do was help the seniors out in this bill. I mean, because that's where where it landed, um, which won't help you out, Joe, or anybody who's younger, because you're going to have to now you're going to have to pay for the seniors, right? Because the drug companies, yeah, the drug companies now that it's capped at two thousand dollars for Part D benefits, they've got to get that money from somewhere, right? So, um, yeah, yeah, it, and they I- are tricky. Yeah, and you know, I normally am such a glass half full, you know, positive thinking kind of a person, but with our government, I have become so cynical and you know, just hearing you say, well, they wanted to help out seniors in my head. I was just like, that's a load of bullshit. No, they don't. <laughs> and I hate feeling this way, but our we don't have a government that we can count on anymore. All of these agencies, yep. they're all corrupt. Yep. And, you know, any three-letter agency probably should just go away and they should start over. I mean, <laughs> I don't even know what to do anymore. Yeah, it's interesting, too, because healthcare should never really be political, right? Healthcare, I don't know, for me as a doctorate-prepared nurse, I got into healthcare because I wanted to take care of people. I didn't get into it because I was going to get rich. I didn't get into it, um, you know, for, for the glam. I mean, what's glamorous about emptying bedpans, right? So... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, you you get into it because you want to take care of people and then it gets all political. And we saw that during the pandemic when people were banging on pans for the healthcare workers going to work in the middle of the pandemic. And by the end of it, they were cussing at them and hitting them in the grocery stores. I mean, so, you know, and that's all that's all politics that has mm-hmm. nothing to do with why people get up and go to the hospital or the doctor's office to take care of people every day. Um so it's really too bad that that happened, but unfortunately, it did happen. Yeah. Well, I mean, this 
movie was being directed by the pharmaceutical industry. So, I mean, of course it was like that. Now, what is the morale right now amongst the nurses and healthcare providers? Boy, if I had to, if I had to quantify that, I'd say it's swirling in the toilet on its way down. Um, It's, it's terrible out there. I mean, there, there's not enough staff to, to do the work. There's hospital systems that go on diversion when they've got perfectly good beds. They just don't have staff to, to staff those beds. And when you go on diversion, that means you're in an ambulance and they're not going to take you at that emergency department. Then they got to take you across town or across the state or wherever the next one is and hope to God they're not on diversion. So the morale's pretty bad. People want to, you know, they want to get out of it. They don't feel like they're respected anymore. Um, it's, a, it's a big struggle out there for the clinical staff. And what are hospitals doing to try to keep people, keep staff? Are they trying to jack up salaries to make people stay? What are they doing? Some of that is going on. I've seen, I know one hospital system that actually did an in-house traveler's um, pay. So if you're willing to go in their system to whatever hospital, um, they have like five hospitals and and float like that, you can get paid like a traveler. So they don't have to take people from the outside. They can take people from the inside and make them feel rewarded. Another thing that we're seeing is something called the virtual nurse. So we get these younger nurses out of school and the older nurses don't want any part of being on a floor anymore. In order to keep them, we stick them on a computer, um, a laptop or an iPad. It's very easy to do. You bring an iPad into the room, you introduce a virtual nurse. Hey, this is the person she's part of, or he is part of the healthcare team. They're going to do your admission history. Um, or, you know, when the nurse is doing her assessment, the newer nurse, she's calling out lung, lung sounds are clear bilaterally to the um, seasoned nurse who's putting it in the computer for her. So we're seeing some innovative models like that coming in healthcare. Um, and really we've needed to restructure the way we've given care. And then we're also seeing the bean counters at the top, not acknowledging that we need more staff and, and trying to push systems to take more patients. And then we see nurses striking. There's lots of strikes going on right now um, because these guys just don't get the message. You can't keep doing this. It's not safe for patients. We've seen patients fall more We've seen more infectious disease from the hospital, central line infections, um, Foley catheter infections, because people just don't have the time to do what they need to do. It's a terrible feeling when you have to go to work and run from patient to patient, just keeping them alive. I mean, I've been in that situation before, before all of this, and um, it's just a terrible feeling. You're just trying to do the best you can, uh, but you don't feel like you really gave the best care you could give. So that's really hard for people. Yeah, and you know, me hearing you say all of that, the my message that I'm taking away is do everything that I can to take care of my health and make sure that I'm trying all the natural methods that I can before I even think about going to a, a doctor or hospital. Yep, that's exactly why I wrote my book, How to Avoid Being a Victim of the American Healthcare System, A Patient's Handbook for Survival, was to proactively send that message. Be a partner in your care. You know, um, watch what you intake. You know, your food stays with you for a long time. So you can either eat a nice, nutritious salad for lunch or you can go to Wendy's and slam down a burger. But, you know, you, you do pay for those those small decisions that you make every day, they, they mm-hmm. do take their toll on your health care. Um, so, you've, you know, you've got to be a partner in it. You've got to know 
especially now, God, you've got to know what to expect if you have to go to the hospital. Or what are you going to do if an insurance company denies your claim? Or what are you going to do when you get hit with big pharmaceutical bills because, you know, because the seniors now have a $2,000 cap. <laughs> so you have to, you have to realize all of that. Um, but, you know, there, there is something that I'd like to share with your readers. If you go to drdavidhelps.com, there is, if you sign up for my newsletter, my periodic updates, there is a free resource guide that I will send you that gives you one-click access to find out the quality rating of your hospital and what people are saying about your doctor, as well as links to GoodRx and Mark Cuban's online pharmacy, which are known to drive down the costs of medications, and a price transparency tool that just came out um, that's really neat. You can go in there and even see what your labs will cost with your insurance and all of that. And that's free. Just go to drdavidhelps.com and sign up. I love that. And, you know, it's important to feel empowered to make the right decision for yourself or for your loved ones and not feel like your back's against the wall and you just have to do what the person in the white coat is saying. Um, and I had recently looked at Mark Cuban's drug website. What's that one called again? Mark Cuban's called? online pharmacy. He's doing it at like 15% markup to keep his business going. But he said he's been approached by these um, pharmacy benefit managers that they're the people who sit in the supply chain between the insurance company and the pharmaceutical company. And most of them are owned by the pharmaceutical company. So they're not really impartial, but they are the ones who use rebates and coupons to to supposedly get you the best deal um, for your prescriptions, except what they often do is they pocket the difference. And, you know, doctors get so frustrated when they call in like chemotherapy and and the, they get a call from the insurance company that says, we're not going to cover that chemo. You got to try this one. The pharmacy benefit manager says, we got to try this one. Well, this guy's got little to no medical training. So it's, you know, it's crazy. But Mark Cuban said that he was approached by these guys and was told he could make a lot of money. And he said, absolutely not. He's wiped them right out of the picture. He goes directly to the manufacturer of the drug and picks the drug up at cost. Yeah, I love how transparent he is and the way they are with that site. And you can search any drug. And if you don't see the drug that you need on the site, you can, you know, just throw that name in the hat, you know, request it. And they're constantly adding new drugs in there. Um, it's a wonderful resource. So I love that you put that um, website together, that little one-stop shopping for all that information. Oh, yeah. And GoodRx is the same way. You can enter in your zip code and they'll bring up what it costs. It, you know, um, for me, we've got Publix and, you know, we've got Walgreens and CVS. And they'll show you what it's going to cost you if you if you walk in. Um, and they use rebate coupons also, but in a better way than those pharmacy benefit managers do. Yeah. Now, is there anything else um, about the Inflation Reduction Act as it relates to um, our health care that we didn't talk about that you think is important to touch on? I think that we hit the, the highlights of it. Um, there. There was an extension of an act around these pharmacy benefit managers, but most people don't really know about them. But they were going to, the extension was they were going to do it in, um, looking at my notes, they were going to do it in January of 2026, and now it's like January of 2032. But they were kind of doing this anti kickback measure um, that got pushed out, and that was probably part of the deal, to, you know, so unfortunately. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, you know, what advice do you have for us moving forward? I mean, how do we, if everybody's as disgruntled as I am, what do we do? So I think one of the major things that we can do is write our senators and our congressmen and tell them that we're sick of paying high drug prices. We want the same relief that that we got in this Inflation Reduction Act um, for the average American because they tried to pull that across the line for insulin because insulin gets a lot of press, right? You people ration insulin um, and they end up dying over those poor choices, but they, you know, it's either they eat or they get the insulin. So that got stripped out. We just have to, we have to tell our elected officials that that is not cool, that they need to lower drug prices. I mean, every politician goes into that office saying they're going to lower high prescription drug prices and they don't. All of a sudden they get in there and it's crickets. Um, it's, you know, yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, it's the pharmaceutical mafia that's like, ah, yeah. you're real cute, get in line. Yeah, right. Well, actually, they're paying them campaign contributions and the pharmaceutical Right, get in line for your money. <laughs> yeah. And they also, they also fund the FDA. Two-thirds of the FDA's budget comes from the pharmaceutical industry. Exactly. That's why I'm like when somebody says that this drug or this, you know, plant medicine that you want to take is not FDA approved. I'm like, who fucking cares? Right, exactly. I- <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it, it's funny because I've traveled quite a bit and the FDA allows some things into our food supply that other countries won't have any part of. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. For sure. And then we could do a whole show on that. Let me tell you the stuff that I've learned. But high fructose corn well, syrup. Well, and actually, we should do a show on that because I, um, I've i been looking at resources like that for a really long time and actually living in Italy for a year and a half. When I came back to the United States for like three months, my gut was screwed. Yeah, I, I mean, just everything I ate tore me up. It was like I everything felt like poison. Yeah, you know, if if we have time for a story, I'll tell you a story. Um, okay, I was in New Zealand, and uh, I was actually did a farm stay in New Zealand, and I was talking with the farmer, and he said that he has these bulls. He raises them till they're about two years old and slaughters them, and then he sells the meat to the United States. And I said, well, why don't you sell the meat locally? And he said, we're not allowed to sell bull meat locally because it's full of testosterone. So this meat comes over and, you know, and it's cheap and McDonald's picks it up and Burger King and Wendy's and they feed it to people. And so we have all these males have prostate problems and large prostates in this country. Well, over in New Zealand, that's not a thing. I mean, they don't have it because they're not eating this meat full of testosterone. Uh, so they don't have the same healthcare concerns that we have. I mean, FDA lets so much stuff into the into our food supply. It's just crazy. Yeah. Well, and you know the other thing too. When I was young, you know, girls didn't start their periods near as early as girls start their periods now. Or these girls, little girls, developing you know big boobs, like really young age. There's so much. The hormones and stuff in our food that, you know, the affordable food, the stuff that's not organic, that's not grass-fed, that's not pasture-raised, the stuff that the average American can afford is pumping them full of hormones and chemicals. Yep. Yep. You're exactly right. And it it is the American way because somebody's making a buck off from it. Yeah. It's sick. Yeah. Yeah. Well, do you have any sort of a light to, to shine for me? 
I know I hate to leave on that note, right? Uh, the thing that I would say <laughs> is work on your healthcare every day. Be a partner in your healthcare. Um, if you need to understand how the system works, grab my book. It's up on Amazon, How to Avoid Being a Victim of the American Healthcare System. Um, definitely sign up and get that free resource guide. And I'll give you my social media stuff. Um, the other thing that I think is that probably people should know, and I found this out quite accidentally, is that if you're in a situation where you have a, a disease that's killing you like cancer, and you're getting a runaround from the insurance company and the pharmaceutical company about how that med is not covered, you can have your oncologist call the insurance company and ask for a peer-to-peer -peer review with the medical director. He can state his case, and then whatever the two of them decide, everybody else has to fall in line. So I have I got consulted for a guy who was getting an oral chemo, and they kept telling me he had to drive two and a half hours into a cancer center to take the pill, which is designed to be done at home. And so uh, we were able to remedy that for him using that peer-to-peer -peer review. Not The insurance companies hate it. They don't want people to know it's out there, but it's out there. And if you need it or if you know a loved one who's really sick, I would strongly recommend that you do that. All right. That's good information. Thank you. And I know yep. you said before we got started that um, because of all of the changes, um, your phone is blowing up and you are quite busy at work today. So oh, yeah. I will <laughs> let you get back to it. But thank you so much for your time. And I will make sure to link all of your resources in the show notes. Sounds great, Joe. Always a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yes. Thanks for hanging out. If you missed Podcast 205, I encourage you to go back and give it a listen. And if you found this information valuable, I hope you'll share it with your smoke circle. In the meantime, head over to the Podcast 230 show notes at casuallybaked.com. I included a link to the free healthcare resource guide David put together for us, as well as a link to purchase his book, How to Avoid Being a Victim of the American Healthcare System a patient's handbook for survival. And if you want to connect or collaborate with me, email your messages, requests, or can of curious questions through the website. Or use social butterflies can DM me on social. When I'm there, I'm at Casually Baked on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, The Weed Tube, and Truth Social. However you decide to support our highly responsible cannabis movement, Thanks for doing your part to Puff Puff Pass It On. This is a high time. We had a high time together. Casually Baked the Podcast was created, recorded, and produced by yours truly. Editing and sound design are in the capable hands of Jamie Humiston at PodConnects. The podcast theme music is by my highly talented friend Seth Walker. If you aren't familiar with Seth's music, you can find High Time on his album, Gotta Get Back, wherever you're buying your music these days. I know he didn't create High Time for me, but it sure as shit sounds like he did, right? I hope you'll tune in next time. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Are you looking for the next great cannabis business to invest in? Then you need to check out the MJ Bulls podcast. Hi, I'm Dan Humiston. Join me each week as I speak to both cannabis entrepreneurs who are raising capital 
and cannabis investors who are investing capital. Our 10-minute episodes are perfect for the busy investor. Start listening to the MJ Bulls podcast today, wherever you listen to podcasts, and who knows, maybe you'll discover the next cannabis unicorn.